In the first talk in volume 14, the first Sicha, the Rebbe provides an analysis of the Rashis at the beginning of par- the portion of Devarim, and as well as a directive, a lesson for us to derive from it. What are the Rashis? The, the Pasuk says, the verse says, Eila Dvarim, these are the words that Moshe spoke to the entire Jewish people, Be'evar Hiyardin, on the other side of the Jordan, Ba'midbar in the desert, Ba'arava in the Arava, Mulsuf across from the Yamsuf, the, the sea, uh, sea of reeds, Bein Paran, Uvein Teifel, Valavan, Bachatseres, Vidizahav, between Paran and Teifel, Lavan, Chatseres, and Dizahav. That's the verse. And then it goes on to the entire book of Devarim, which is Moshe's parting words to the Jewish people. Rashi explains, Eila Advarim, these are the words, because they are words of rebuke, it mentions all of the places that they did something wrong, that they got Hashem angry, therefore it conceals it and mentions them only in a hint, out of respect, out of the, for the honor of the Jewish people. And he goes on to explain what each of those rebukes are. So Bamidbar in the desert, says Rashi, they weren't in the desert, they were in Arveis Mayav. Why does it say Bamidbar in the desert? Because they got God angry in the desert when they said, we wish we could die out in the desert. In the Arava, because of the Arava, they sinned with Baal Pa'ar, they sinned by serving the idols of Moab when they were in Shittim, in Arveis Mayav, in the plains of Moab. Mel Suf, opposite at the Yamsuf, says Rashi. This is they rebelled in the Yamsuf when they came to the Sea of Reeds, that they said to Moshe, are there no no graves in Egypt that you had to take us out? And so too when they left from the Yamsuf. Bein Paran uvein Valavan says Rabbi Yechanan Rashi quotes, I reviewed the entire Torah. I didn't find any places that are called Tofel and Lavan, but rather he rebuked that Toflu, that they rebelled uh, against the Mon they complained about the manna, which was lavan, which was which was white. As it says, we are disgusted by this by this manna, and also what they did in the desert of Paran, next to the through the Maraglam as a result of the spies, the chatzeres and the courtyards. That's a reference to the machleikase shel kairach, to the argument of karach v'di zahav literally means much gold, says Rashi, he rebuked them about the eagle, about the golden calf, that they made because of the much gold that they had, as the verse says, I gave them a lot of silver, and they used the gold to make it for an idol. That's the verses. Now, what is Rashi? Why doesn't Rashi interpret the Zahav as he did some of the early one, earlier ones as a place that where they did something wrong, where they where they did where they uh, rebelled against God, but rather as a reference to what they did wrong? Presumably, it's similar to Teifel and Lavan, to the story of the Mana. That it's a, not a reference to a place, but rather a reference to an action, right? To something that they had done wrong. Similarly, Rashi is interpreting the Zahav as something they had done wrong. Why doesn't he interpret it as a place that was named after the action that was done there for having worshipped the golden calf that they made as a result of too much gold? Also, another question. Rashi in, uh, in, 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 uh, in Kisisa, when the Jews first worshipped the golden calf, so Moshe, it says Moshe returned to God and he said, um, 
the people of Sin, the great Sin, and they made for themselves a god of gold. So Rashi over there also explains that Moshe was saying to God, you were the one who caused them to do this because you gave them too much gold. What should they do? You, gave, you spoiled them. You gave them everything they want. What should they do that they shouldn't sin? And he gives a parable from a prince that was, uh, that, that was spoiled and, and provided with all of his needs and placed in a place of immorality. What should, he, what should you expect if not to sin? Says the Rebbe one second. Over there, Rashi doesn't quote the proof from the verse that uh, that that I gave them a lot of silver and they used the gold to make an idol. Why doesn't Rashi mention the proof over there? The first time he mentions this idea that the that the that the uh, golden calf was made as a result of too much gold, and he mentions it only here in Parshas Devarim, the second time that idea is being mentioned. So the Rebbe explains that actually something very different is going on in Kisisa and over here in Devarim. In Kisisa, God, Moshe is talking to God and he's trying to excuse the Jewish people. In fact, the reason why Rashi has to interpret Elokei Zav as an excuse is because Moshe goes on to ask for forgiveness. Does it make sense to ask for forgiveness to say the sin is very horrible, but you should forgive them? No, it makes more sense to say the sin is very horrible, but it's not so much their fault, and therefore you should forgive them. That's why Rashi interprets there as as Moshe is saying to God, there's an excuse for what they did, there's a rationalization for what they did. It's not so much their fault because you gave them too much gold, and therefore you're the one who caused it at least in, por- at, at least in part. And as opposed to over here in this week's Parsha, where Moshe isn't speaking to God, asking him to excuse the Jewish people and therefore rationalizing their behavior. Here Moshe is speaking to the Jewish people and he's rebuking them. So it doesn't make sense that he would be trying to rationalize. Here he's trying to emphasize how great the sin is. God gave you such a gift. He gave you so much gold. And what did you do? You took it and you threw it in his face. You took it and you, and you rebelled with it. If that's the case, it makes sense why over there Rashi couldn't bring the verse as a proof. Over there Rashi is trying to say that, 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 that Moshe's mention of too much gold is a rationalization for the Jewish people. So the emphasis isn't on the gift that God gave them. The emphasis is, God, it's your fault. Whereas over here, he's trying to rebuke the people and therefore he quotes the verse. God gave you such a gift. He gave you so much gold. He gave you so much silver. And yet, what did you do with it? You went and rebelled against him. According to this, it makes also sense why he doesn't say that Dizahav is the name of a place, because that they named the place because of the events that happened. Because Dizahav, according to this, isn't the primary cause of what happened. It's just Moshe's rationalization that God, you were part of causing this as well. It wouldn't make sense over here to meant to, to name a place Dizahav, emphasizing that it's not their fault, because here he's rebuking the Jewish people. Therefore, in this case, the name Dizahav must be that it's not the name of a place. It's just telling the Jewish people, look, God gave you so much gold, and what did you do with it? You rebelled with it. If that's the case, then why does Rashi say it? That uh, in, in using these words, he rebuked them for the for the for the uh, for the uh, golden calf. That the, that was made because of the much gold that God had given them. If that's the case, he shouldn't say because much gold. It should say he should say that was made with the much gold. In other words, if the emphasis here is to rebuke the people, not to excuse them, not to rationalize their sin, then why is Moshe saying because of the much gold that God has given them? 
says the Rebbe some a very beautiful point that even when Moshe is rebuking the Jewish people, just as he didn't mention, he didn't say it specified in the open, he just hints to it through the names of the places. The honor of the Jewish people, so too Moshe in his rebuke itself still emphasizes the honor of the Jewish people. He still stands up for his people even while rebuking them and tries to rationalize, tries to minimize the sin by saying a little bit, it's God's fault. At the end of the day, they did it because of the much gold. And the Rebbe goes on to say, that in each of the cases that the, that the Torah mentioned already so far, either in the word the Torah chooses or the way Rashi chooses to, ex- to express it, it's also Moshe standing up for the honor of the Jewish people and trying to rationalize, trying to minimize their sin. In, in each case, Bamidbar, starting with the, with the desert, he says, why does he call it the desert? It would make more sense to use a more specific name. In sin, in the, it's the Midbar Sin, in the, in the Sinai Desert, rather than using a, a general term, the desert, but rather, Rashi's trying, the Torah's trying to say, yeah, Moshe's saying, well, of course the Jews sinned. They're in a great, horrible, scary desert. They're not supposed to be afraid. Of course they're afraid. So he's rationalizing, he's minimizing their sin. Similarly, Ba'arava, Rashi explains that's Arva Ismayav, that's a reference to their immoral behavior with Balpa'ur in the plains of Moab. Why does he use the term Arava when it would make more sense to say in Shittim? He wants to say Ba'arava in the known plains, meaning the plains of Moab. Why? Who is Moab? We know already way back by Lot, when the name Moab was given, it says the two daughters of Lot, one gave the name Ammon, one gave the name Moab. Ammon was hiding their sin, saying it's among my people, whereas Moab was proud of their sin, saying Moab, it's from my father, and therefore their children were punished. Now one second, we know we don't punish children for the behavior of their great-grandparents. Why was Moab punished? Must be that Moab, the people of Moab, were continuing in the same behavior. They continue to be immoral. They continue to be the opposite of modesty. Says the Rebbe, therefore Rashi is emphasizing, the Torah is emphasizing Ba'arava. It's saying it happened in the plains of Moab. Again, Moshe is rationalizing the sin of the Jewish people. Yes, they sinned with the, sinned with the daughters of Midian. Yes, they fell into Baal But they were in Arvas Moab. They were in the plains of Moab. They were in a place that's filled with immorality. It doesn't excuse it, but at least rationalizes, diminishes a little their sin. What do you expect? Of course they end up sinning. Similarly, he says, Mel Suf, they were facing the Yam Suf. Again, he's minimizing their sin. They're facing the Sea of Reeds in front of them. The, the Egyptians are behind them. What do you expect? Of course they're afraid. Of course they sin. And Bain Paran, the, the sin of the Miraglim, the sin of the spies, the way Rashi says it is not the sin of the spies, but the sin that they did in Midbar Paran Ayyidei HaMiraglim, through the spies. What does that mean? Rashi's trying to follow in Moshe's way and minimize the sin of the Jewish people. It's not their fault. It was the spies that messed up. They went along with them. They're, they're guilty of, of allowing themselves to be seduced and to go along with the sin. But they were they themselves weren't sinners. They were pulled into sin. And similarly, Ben Teifel he says about the manna, it was they complained about the white. Why does he emphasize the white? Because what does white always mean? White means simplicity, a lack of definition. They complained about the manna. Why? Because it was white, because it wasn't defined, because it was a spiritual food that didn't really give them pleasure, that wasn't really enjoyable. Again, He's minimizing, he's justifying a little bit the Jewish people and minimizing their sin. And finally, Vachatseros, Rashi refers to it as Machlekase Shal Korach, the fight of Korach. 
not the fight of the Jewish people. It was the fight of Korach. The Jews allowed themselves to be schlepped into, the, into it. So what do you expect? Again, a justification for the Jewish people. Says the Rebbe, why do we do all of this? Parshas Dvarim is always read during the three weeks, right before Tisha B'Av, when we commemorate exile, when we commemorate destruction. And exile really is one big rebuke that God is rebuking the Jewish people, telling us off for our sins, telling us off for our behavior, as the beginning of Dvarim. But here too, we emphasize the portion of Dvarim, the honor that we still look for the justifications, we look for the honor of the Jewish people to stand up for the good that's contained within us and not to, and to diminish and de-emphasize the negativity. And the Rebbe says one of those elements of positivity that's emphasized in Tishabav, Tishabav, we begin the reading of Eicha, Eicha Yashva Badad, how did this people sit alone? On a basic level, that's an expression of mourning, of sadness, that we sit alone. But here too, it's emphasizing the honor of the Jewish people, that even even in exile, even despite the destruction, it's still Yashva Badad, the Jewish people remain alone. We don't mix with the nations around us. We stand for who we are and what we're about, and we continue to stand with that pride and that positive aspect of Eicha Yashva Badad, oh, that we don't mix with the people around us, ultimately is the source for why we'll speedily merit that they'll be revealed, the Kvaidon Shal Yisrael, the honor of the Jewish people openly with the building of the third base Amigdash, which is also hinted at in this verse, which will be rebuilt speedily in our days, Ba'agola Didan in our time.